and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host RJ McCready and for this episode I'm going to be taking you guys back to the year in 2005 to look at Clive Cussler's action adventure movie Sahara. So let's fire up the speedboat, let's have a look at the trailer and I'll be back soon. For years I've wondered if the stories were true and now I finally have the proof. You found a coin. I found the coin. At the end of the Civil War, a battleship carrying a secret shipment of gold vanished without a trace. Where in the hell did you get this? On the Niger River in Africa. You got 72 hours. I'll meet you at the boat. Nope. I got the check. Sit down, I'll get the check. For explorer Dirk Pitt and his team. This is the place should be here. I have to warn you, it is very dangerous for foreigners. It was a ghost ship, a cursed ship. The mystery that's buried with a long forgotten legend carries a threat. This thing could kill millions. No one could have imagined. Safina du Almaut. It's so poetic, what's it mean? The ship of death. Great! This spring. The Americans I was telling you about, they will soon find out what we're doing. And now the problem is mine. You better be born! I'm sorry, I don't speak English. You are speaking English now. I have some bad news about your boat. <laughs> now, every clue. I'm looking for a boat. This is not the harbor. What? Every secret, let's check it out, brings them closer to the greatest discovery under the sun. Oh my God. Bring them to me. From international best-selling author Clive Cussler. You American? Yeah. CIA. <laughs> no. Matthew McConaughey. I'll give you a door right now! There's no way that that should have worked. Steve Zahn. Penelope Cruz. That's your hunter, there's a toolkit in there. Don't want to rain on your crazy parade, buddy. But I don't think we can fix this thing. Sahara. Hey, where are we going? Hell am I now? But we're making great time! Directed by Breck Eisner. And welcome back guys. So the synopsis for this film is Master Explorer Dirk Pitt goes on an adventure of a lifetime seeking out the lost civil war battleship known as the Ship of Death in the deserts of West Africa. Along the way he helps the Doctor who is being hounded by a ruthless dictator. It's an action adventure comedy, it's got a 124 minute runtime, and it's a PG-13. It was directed by Breck Eisner, who's a American film director, and this is one of his first uh, major productions. And he would later go on to direct a remake of George A. Romero's horror movie, The Crazies, which, again, I enjoyed. I thought it was a good movie, and I think there's some horror fans that enjoyed that as well. So, um, that is Breck Eisner. And starring in this film is Matthew McConaughey as our lead protagonist, Dirk Pitt. Penelope Cruz as Eva Rojas. Uh, Steve Zahn plays the likeable and funny sidekick Al Giordino. 
and William H. Macy as the captain in this movie is uh, James Sandecker. The bad guy is Lenny James, he plays General Zateb. And Rain Wilson as Rudy Gunn, so that's some of the cast name, just a few. Sahara was backed by Paramount Pictures with a very reasonable sum of $160 million to go and make this film. Um, but at the box office it didn't do very well, but say it didn't do very well, it still made $120 million, which is pretty good. But with the $160 million back in this film didn't do as well as they thought it was going to. So what I will say is um, I appreciate that a studio needs to make money on a film. Of course they do, but it is a shame. And um, I don't think I've brought this up before on any of my episodes is that I don't like it when a film only gets compared to how much money it makes because at the end of the day, is it a good film? Has someone got into watch this film and gone, I really enjoyed this film. It's a good movie. It did everything for me. I paid my 10 bucks to go and see it and I was entertained. But ultimately, because it didn't make any money in the studio and it flopped and all that sort of stuff, it kind of gets tarnished as a bad movie. But is it, is it a bad film? I'll explain that in a minute when I do the movie review and my take on Sahara. But before I do that, the, the other thing with this film, which um, probably hurt it more than the fact that it didn't really make the money that it, they wanted it to make at the um, box office, is the fact that um, Clive Cussler, and let me tell you this, this guy is a legend when I talk about him in a minute, but um, he wasn't happy with the picture, he, he didn't think it related to the book, um, it wasn't the vision that he had for the um, Dirt Pit adventure. He was involved in the screenplay, he thought he had all the sort of rights to that and there was some major disagreements between him and the studio to the point where he said, that's it, you're not going to make any more of my um, books into films. And the thing that didn't help with this is that the last time he um, gave the rights for a studio to turn one of his books into a movie was The Rays of the Titanic, um, which again the studio spent a lot of money on and it ultimately flopped at the cinema. So, um, unfortunately, a great franchise in the book world, you know, with Clive Custer and his ventures and Dirk Pitt and all the other characters and that, um, just doesn't seem to work when it gets to the big screen, unfortunately. And that is sad because these adventures, there's some good stories out there, you know. It's um, a franchise which I think should either be working on the big screen or even as a TV show. Dirk Pitt is... You know, he's a good character, he's a fun character, he's a treasure hunter, he tries to save the world. So he's like a, he's like James Bond, he's like Indiana Jones, so it's a franchise that I love, it's a genre that I personally love. Um, so it should be working, but um, putting all that aside, let's talk about the positives of this movie, let's talk a little bit about um, Clive Cussler. So, as I mentioned, this guy is a legend and when it comes to the character of Dirk Pitt Custler is pretty much that character in real life because in his early life he was in the United States Air Force, he was a sergeant, he fought in the Korea War and then after leaving the Air Force he became a flight engineer and aircraft mechanic for a military um, air transport service and then after this he became a underwater explorer and he became the founder and chairman of NUMA, the National Underwater and Marine Agency, 
which was originally uh, fictionalised in his books. So this fictional Numa, which was in his book, he went on to go and create in real life, and they're still running, and they are funded by themselves, and up to this day they have found 60 shipwreck sites around the world. So you could say that the, the character in his book is based on like real characters and real adventures and stuff like that and that's kind of what I like about this you know it's it, Custler is the real deal and obviously to mention there he he's a novelist he wrote all these books he didn't just write Dirt Pit he wrote the Oregon Files the Fargo Adventures Isaac Bell which is kind of like a sort of James Bond character so he was a busy guy he had an amazing career and it's just a shame that uh, the two films that got made in Hollywood, um, based on his works and his novels, just didn't work out and that he wasn't pleased with it. But, you know, that's up to him. That's his creative idea. That's the expression that he made to the studio. And it's fair enough, and I, I can't take that away from him. But, um, it's a horror bad film. I don't think it is. I think it's a good film. I really enjoyed it. Um... So I went to watch this at the cinema back in 2005 and I had read um, some of the Dirt Pit novels whilst I was on holiday. Um, I think I read Atlantis Found and Ink Gold. And you know when you pick up a book and the first time you read about a character you get this image in your head of what this character looks like. Now this is what happened to me and this is probably what helped with Sahara when I went to go and watch it at the cinema. Is that I looked at Matthew McConaughey and I went... Oh my god, that is Dirk Pitt. That is exactly the character I had in my mind. You know, the way he is, his characteristics. Um, he's sort of happy-go-lucky treasure hunter. The same with Al Giordino. I thought, okay, he's not a Mexican, but he had the same sort of charisma about him. Admiral Sandecker. And I was like, wow. You know, I hadn't read Sahara. This is the thing. So I couldn't really compare this horror book. But I just went, I'm really enjoying this. You know, the first 20 minutes, I thought, Oh my god, I'm having this is the first time that I actually thought I've read I've read a book, I know the characters, they're up in my head. And I thought well, this is being portrayed really well in the cinema and um you know the music, the pace, um and I suppose I'm slightly biased because treasure hunting is my thing. I love Indiana Jones. Um it's actually a hobby that I do myself. I actually like to go out as a sort of amateur. Um Metal detectorist, there you go. That's me, guys. That's what I do as a hobby, apart from doing podcasting. I'm not like Dirt Pit. I'm not going around the world. <laughs> not as much as I'd like to be, but I found some stuff. So I can sort of relate to that. Um, it's in my blood to go and find stuff from the ancient times. So ultimately, I'm a fan of this genre. I love all these types of films. Um, the other films kicking around, you know, you've got the films like Jake Speed, Romance in the Stone, um, King Solomon's Mind. So... All these types of movies, um, personally, I think, and let's not forget this, these films are escapism as well, and they're not to be really taken seriously, I don't think. And I won't time stamp the show, but the times that we're experiencing right now, the world is experiencing a funny old time out there. And I thought about this before, you know, this happened, what's going on. Um, is This is my escapism, you know, these, these types of adventures, you know. You, you can't go out and have these adventures every day in real life, but in my head you kind of think, oh, that'd be pretty cool if I could go and find some sort of lost city or treasures and 
try and save the world at the same time and all that sort of stuff. So it is a, it's it's just a great bit of escapism. And I think ultimately that's the point I'm making with Sahara, is you kind of got to give it a little bit of a break. You know, you just think, sit down, get some popcorn out, grab yourself a beer or a glass of wine or whatever, and just enjoy it. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> it's just a fun ride. But there you go guys, that is a roundup of the production of Sahara and how it eventually, on the very rocky path that it was on, got to the cinema. And hopefully we will see the adventures of the Dirt Pit character sometime soon, either on the big screen or as a TV show or something like that, because there's too much Dirt Pit greatness in these novels um, to help us with a little bit of escapism from time to time. But there you go guys. Um, I'll leave it at that, let's go on and do a bite-sized review of this film. So the film starts off with the incredible soundtrack, which I've got to mention by Clint Marshall. And you get like a backdrop here of a Civil War gold coin flipping up into the air and then as it drops down, it goes back to 1865 where there's an ironclad which is captained by Mason Toombs. And then the ironclad, the Texas, along with the crew, he is escaping with the Confederacy gold, the last remaining bit of gold that they've got. And they escape from the Union soldiers and they're cruising along the river. There's some gunfire, there's some cannons. And then as it disappears into the dark, the Yen got a song going into modern times by Dr. Hook. And it's a great song, right time, wrong place. And then you've got a montage of all the adventures of Dirk Pitt and the pictures of him and Al Giordino with Sandeco, of him being in the Navy. You've got a little bit of a homage to raise the Titanic. Atlantis found. So you've got um, a build-up of all the adventures that he's been involved with. And then the camera pans over to modern-day Mali where there is a civil war going on fought between General Kazim. And you've got two World Health Organization doctors, Eva Rogers and Frank Hopper investigating a disease which is spreading across Mali. And then whilst investigating a victim who is suffering from the disease, um, Eva gets attacked by assassins, but then she is rescued by our lead protagonist, Dirk Pitt, who just happens to be diving nearby. Pitt then takes Eva back to his research vessel, which is the National Underwater Marine Agency, and she is introduced to Admiral Sandeka and his psychic Al Giordino. Later that night, uh, Dirk's got a contact in Nigeria and he sells him a Confederate gold coin and this raises Pitt's um, suspicions that there is a ironclad in Africa and he goes back to tell Sandeka about this and Sandeka goes, you are still on about this story. And as a result, Dirk manages to convince Sandeka that there may be an ironclad in Africa and Sandeka gives him 72 hours to go and see if he can find this ironclad and at the same time he allows him to borrow his prized speedboat to go up the river. Along the way, uh, Dirk is accompanied by Al Giordino and Rudy Gunn and they give Eva and Dr. Hobber a ride along the river so they can be dropped off to further investigate the disease. You've then got a clip of the bad guys talking to each other. You've got a businessman called Mazdara and the detector General Kazim who are trying to stop the doctors from trying to find the source of the disease because it's actually a waste plant which is leaking 
toxic waste into the water system of Africa and if it carries on it will spread around the world and cause massive global pollution. And Kasim is now aware of the doctors and Dirk Pitt being in Africa and he sends out some troops to try and stop him. You get a really good scene here where you've got Pitt on the speedboat, he's going up the river, uh, Rudy Gunn starts to realise that there's some sort of toxic waste in the river and he needs to go and investigate that. But then they get um, approached by some troops on speedboats, they're all military. They've got machine guns, all very heavily armed, and Dirk has already got the defence up. And he very cleverly plays out that his speedboat has broken down and he needs a tow. So he sort of lures in the military guys. He says, look, take this rope, hook me on. And as he does that, he just puts it into full throttle. He takes out the boat and then you get your first action scene here. You get Dirk Pitt, he falls off onto one of the military boats. You've got Al Giordino. He loses his favourite hat along the way. He get machine gun firefights. Dirt's trying to evade the fire. It's all very sort of action and a little bit James Bond, I suppose you could say. Dirt manages to get back onto uh, his speedboat and they manage to take out a couple of the boats by a little bit of crossfire and stuff like that. And then Dirk says, we've got to do a Panama. And then now John Dino's going, what the hell's a Panama? And he says, get me a cigar. And then old Giordino's lighting cigar going, I don't know what I'm doing. So then Dirk cuts the fuel line and he's basically got a fuse here with the uh, Panama um, cigar. They all jump into the water and then they very cleverly steer the uh, speedboat into the military guys and as it hits them, the cigar ignites the fuel and then it blows up. And then at the same time, you've got Admiral Sandecker on his satellite phone going, what's going on, what's going on? So yeah, it's a great scene, it's a mixture of comedy, action, and um, yeah, it goes at a really good pace. So after this, uh, Rudy goes back to uh, Admiral Sandecker to tell him about the pollution, and then Dirk and Al go on to rescue the doctors. And then after rescuing Eva, she now finds out about the pollution, and the connection that it has with General Kasim. And then while settling in a nearby town, um, Al Giordino stumbles into a cave where he finds a painting of a possible location of the Ironclad, which is somewhere up the river on a dried up riverbed. But before they can try and find the Ironclad and stop this uh, world pollution, they get captured by one of Kasim's henchmen. And Dirk and Al get tied up and taken to General Kasim whilst Eva is in kept by the henchmen and kidnapped. So you now got Al and Dirk, they're on the back of this transport carrier and they manage to escape and they find themselves in the middle of the desert. And whilst walking across the desert, they come across a crash plane and then Dirk says, I reckon there might be a toolkit in there and they do a little bet between each other. And then they very cleverly, like MacGyver, convert this uh, plane into some kind of land sailing craft where they glide across the desert and they manage to find a small town and Dirk sells his uh, gold confederate coin for a jeep and a couple of cold colas. Al and Dirk then seek the aid of a local militia to go and stop General Kasim and his power plant and then go and rescue Eva. And when they get to the plant in the middle of the desert they find out that the government agent uh, Masada decides to destroy it with explosives. 
And then fearing the plant's destruction, this will cover everything up. So Al Giordino goes to take out the explosives while Dirk goes and rescues Eva and tries to stop Mazarda. And then you get a pretty cool rooftop scene here where he's on top of the plant. Dirk's having a fight. There's a helicopter swinging about. Uh, he takes on one of um, the henchmen. There's like a bit of a fierce battle on top of this roof here. But Masada gets away in the helicopter, but at the same time, Al successfully neutralises the uh, explosives on the power plant. So the trio managed to get away in a classic French automobile from 1919. So they are driving away, but at the same time they're getting pursued by General Kasim, who is now in a helicopter gunship and he's firing away and he's blowing up the riverbed. And whilst he's blowing all this up, this now reveals the old ironclad. And our trio of heroes, they board this ship and they find an old cannon, they get up and working and they manage to use it to blow up Cassine's gunship and take him out. And as a result of all this, the power plant is now shut down. The world governments are happy about this, which agreed to uh, help fund the NUMA. So General Sandek or Admiral Sandek is all happy about this. And the gold, which is found, is cut between NUMA and the African government. So... To which uh, Admiral Sandeker very cleverly goes, no, there wasn't any gold found on there, I didn't find anything. It's all just a uh, folklore town, a ghost story, so yeah, it's all good. <laughs> and then Masada, who gets away, gets his comeuppance where he's sat in a posh restaurant and he gives given a glass of water which is contaminated by the toxic waste. So he kind of gets his uh, just of desserts by a undercover US agent. And that's it. Um, the film comes to a close and then you've got e Dirk and Eva spending a little bit of time on a beach. And the film closes with a sort of bit of a classic song by The Faces with uh, sort of Rod Stewart, Stay With Me. So, so there you go, guys. That is it. That's uh, my Bite Size review of Sahara. Hopefully you enjoyed that. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. If you fancy a little bit of escapism... Um, yeah, do go and revisit um, Sahara. It's um, it's a fun movie. It's not to be taken seriously. Um, it's just a little bit of good old-fashioned escapism. And hopefully you might see some more Dirk Pitt adventures either on the big screen or on TV. So just have to wait and see, I guess. So there you go, guys. That's it. Um, as a bit of admin, I am a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. So go and check out all the other shows there. And you can find Bite Size Cinema on iTunes and YouTube and some other players on if you check that out on Google. And I will be back soon for another episode. And the next episode, I'm going to be covering the cult classic, iconic, um, somewhat haunting in some ways, is the um, 19, I think 1968 Charlton Heston's Planet of the Apes. So yeah, I'll be t taking a look at that film and all its greatness and how that got produced and... Um, the legacy that's left up till today so there you go guys look out for that uh keep it bite size keep it safe and i'll see you guys soon
If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which vs. The Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.